it goes like um you've got that 70s waka 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 wow hollis makes a phone call hollis talking to you and that would be my pitch for a theme song that you don't need hello 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 everybody welcome to this the 20th phone call of this wild project uh today i'm going to be sharing a conversation between uh josh anderson and myself he and i met during college knew of each other just before and uh our friendship skyrocketed like once we climbed that first mountain it was um it was game on he's a wonderful man and uh somebody that I really, really look up to. I really like when you meet somebody, especially in theater, that's younger than you, and yet you look up to them. I mean, he's one of my hugest heroes. I know ages and everything, but I remember thinking that in college. Like, it's kind of odd. I've, I've got this weird dose of senioritis, but this guy is kind of snapping me out of it. Yeah, it's a cool man. Uh, nothing much new to report here, um, except that, um, today we arranged a little, little plant station, little garden on our porch, going to be planting some herbs, some rosemary, and mint, and we got a, an assortment of wonderful, colorful things. It, it was, it's just nice to have another project that's, um, very little pressure, but taking care of something that could possibly die <laughs> well that sounds dark i don't know it kind of gives me a little bit of purpose and i really appreciate it yeah i got an aloe plant too which i haven't had since i was like four i remember thinking that the consistency of that goo was just disgusting and now i'm kind of living for it anyway why am i talking about this um i hope you're all doing well and i hope you enjoy this conversation between josh and i i'll talk to you after um Happy 20th episode, everybody. I had no idea that it would go this far or be um, appreciated. This was kind of a, I don't know, maybe a selfish solo task, but I'm glad it's becoming something else. Love you. Bye. Hello, my friend. Hello. How's it going, bud? It's going, man. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It has been a, a bit of an eventful 24 hours. Oh, yeah? How so? Well, uh, I realized last night that my car was stolen at some point in the last week. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, that was that's something new that's a first <laughs> something yeah. new <laughs> yeah. yeah that's new yeah absolutely so um, been kind of yeah dealing with that and all the stuff that you're supposed to do and uh just trying to have a normal day apart from that <laughs> yeah man um when did you when did you realize this so i walked we were going out last night um we were going to go and pick some things up and then grab a little curbside, get something to eat. Um, we were going to take my car out because we hadn't driven it in about a week. And we were trying to drive the cars at least once a week, um, you know, keep them in working order and what have you. And I couldn't quite remember where I parked it. So we were just walking like up the levels of our parking garage. 
And the higher we got, I was like, I would have, we've never parked this high up. Like there's just no way. And so that's when it kind of struck. I was just like, Oh my God. So we walked back down. Um, it was just like scanning everywhere for it. And it was nowhere to be found. I tried like honking the horn and everything. Um, so for the moment we were just like, okay, perhaps it was towed for some reason. So I took down the number of the tow company we're supposed to call. We're like, let's just go about our business for, for now. Let's get something to eat. And then um, I'll call. So I called the tow company, uh, gave them the information and everything. And they checked all of their lots and it wasn't there. They also informed me that the they're not towing like at all right now, basically anywhere. Right. Which yeah. is why I was, you know, surprised to begin with. I was basically holding out hope <laughs> in this instance that it had been towed. Uh, for some for some reason and then tell me I, I broke the law yeah please please god tell me that, it's, <laughs> that I know where it is um, yeah and so then I checked the city impound uh, ran the information it wasn't there either so then the only thing left was to call you know the non-emergency line and file the police report and they did another check as well basically checked my work I think they did all the same things and it was nowhere so it must have been stolen. So yeah, did that, filed the insurance claim. It just occurred to me a second ago, I also need to call my the company I work for because I have we have like these pucks that scan to let us in to the parking facilities. Yeah. So that's a, you know, I think the most of the uh, buildings are closed at this point, but that's a potential security risk there too. So I'm just kind of trying to deal with all this stuff and I guess best case scenario is it's found in its decent shape, in which case it's basically just returned and we go from there. It, it could be found and damaged, in which case deal with the insurance and getting it repaired and everything, or it's not recovered, which seems, I, I guess I don't really know. I don't have a frame of reference or anything, but it seems like that's probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. Uh, in which case I pay my deductible and then I'm fully covered. So the car will be paid for and everything, but then I'm basically out my deductible and I don't have a car. So we'll have to figure out that. Oh, Jesus, so, man. I'm so sorry. You know, it's, it's okay. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, what am I going to do? And I guess if it were going to happen, you know, at least I'm in a position where I can deal with that. I think that, yeah, I've been like, thinking about it today and I think the two emotions I'm honestly feeling the most are just I guess just, I'm just annoyed that now this is a whole scenario situation a whole like series of things that I'd have to take care of um that's you know I just I, something none of us need right now you know we're all under stress and this is a precarious situation and now I'm gonna have to add that to it which is one thing but at least I'm in a position where I can handle that so i'm grateful for that but right. the other piece is i'm just so disappointed in people yeah you know just because i, I don't know you know i'm again i like i said a, minute, a second ago i'm grateful that i'm in a position where i can deal with this and it'll be okay you know right. i mean things really could be worse but like what if i were broke and this was truly devastating like this was just something that i would be really hard to bounce back from or what if i were 
a nurse or a physician and you just took away my way to get to work or if I were a single parent and had a child with lupus or some other like autoimmune disorder and now I don't have a way to get around or get them to the you know the medical care that they need so like it's just it's just frustrating to to be in a situation where I have to you know where it's just so apparent how how awful people can be to one another potentially uh, yeah yeah potentially exactly because there's you know this whole thing has been filled with like on social media and the the local news and everything about people doing really amazing things and helping out and being humane and kind and so that's really you know uh really comforting during a time like this um but then you also have the other side of it which is just can reveal how potentially yeah horrible people can also be so that's kind of where my headspace is at, buddy. How are, are you? Are you well? Is your is your day going well? Yeah, man. I just won the lottery. Uh, <laughs> oh, terrific! <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm with you though. It's um, as much as a as a unifier as this whole thing has been. It really has. You know, um, it is disconcerting to keep hearing at least once a day. Um, and again, it's a spectrum, but at least once a day, you are reminded. It's like, oh, but the assholes are still out there. Like, right. the uh, the empathy didn't spread as well as the virus did. Um, Man, if only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, man? Absolutely. But, yeah, today's, today's all right. Um, I'm feeling better physically, which is really nice. And um, it's great. Like, not 100%, but I, I'm not really in a state of panic anymore, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and... I felt that way this week, you know, like I think that this was sort of the first week that I felt more of just a sense of calm and, you know, I, uh, that the situation, you know, being at home and working from home and the extra like, you know, security measures that we're taking to keep ourselves safe whenever we do go out, you mm-hmm. know, are, are just feeling uh, more familiar, more comfortable and you know, just getting used to the whole thing, settling in a little bit, which is, is good. You know, I think that was the biggest thing that this whole scenario did, at least for, for those of us that are privileged enough uh, to not be directly impacted there you go. Um, yeah. by what's going on, you know, like is just how, you know, what a total shift this was immediately. Um, and so your sense of normalcy was just totally stripped away. And so it's nice. And I feel like a lot of people have been mimicking that statement. And so that makes me happy to f- see other people that are feeling good about it. it makes me feel better. Um, and so I'm glad to hear that that's uh, made its way to you as well, buddy. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's been fascinating um, kind of reassessing what the human species is and what it can do, what it's capable of. Um, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about us kind of shifting to the new normal. I, I know that we all falter. I mean, you know, day to day, hour to hour. It's a, it's a struggle for sure. But mm-hmm. it's still fascinating and um, kind of life affirming. Right. Uh, each time that I that I track how my body, how my uh, how my routine is right. kind of conforming to the new normal. It's it's fascinating and um, not as dreary as it was, say, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. Absolutely, we're flexible creatures, man. We can really adapt to a lot of different eventualities. Um, 
yeah and this is this is evidence of that and so yeah it it gives you hope i guess when you kind of get locked in your own head and you spiral i think we can probably all relate to that feeling and so yeah. yeah those are the types of things you know probably sounds a little bit hokey but those are the things that sort of sort of give you hope is like people are finding really interesting and creative and amazing ways to adapt and those kind of give me a little inspiration and you know and it also i i do enjoy when i wake up and i feel good you know i just feel normal you know my my immune system isn't compromised that I'm not, you know, in a situation like that. And so I feel a lot of gratitude for that. And, and it has kind of given me an opportunity when I'm trying to push myself out of my head, it sort of gets me in tune with, you know, how I'm feeling with my surroundings, making sure that my apartment is tidy and clean and taking care of Laura and, you know, making sure that she's okay, checking in with you and other friends and, you know, those are things I struggled to do even like before all this started at times, of course, you know, you of course. get locked in your own headspace and that's hardly ever really that helpful. And so, yeah, this is making you appreciate a lot about like little things and just the, I don't know, the comforts and the familiarities. And yeah, I'm appreciative of that for sure. For sure. Even the new familiarities, like, uh, you know, um, you, we're already, stuck inside our homes you know there's unless you're going out for something essential there's no reason to leave however um i've been kind of laughing off for the most part um other hurdles like uh today we we started the day trying to figure out what the hell was happening construction wise on our own apartment like we're having our uh, our stairway and uh, the foundation of the entrance just completely jackhammered without any notice given. We had no <laughs> no <laughs> idea this was happening, uh-huh. and you know, on paper we should be completely pissed, and and we we are. There's a corner of us of ourselves that you know we're a little annoyed, but it's like, well, what 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 does it matter? What what's the difference? We're still stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. The only exactly. difference is the jackhammer. <laughs> we were so used to the quiet uh, imprisonment, and now it's just like, yeah, major right, reconstruction sure. is happening on the penitentiary. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. You can, but you know, now uh, your um, your frustration has a has a name, and now you can you can focus all of that bad energy on that damn jackhammer. It's called maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> it's called North Terrace Property Management. I have no issue calling them out right now. They're <laughs> slumlords of the highest order, man. They're up there with Mac Properties in Kansas City. You must never, ever go there, Simbas. Plural Simbas. <laughs> All you Simbas out there. <laughs> Beware the jackhammer. <laughs> what a wonderful, like, hype man intro that would be. Listen, all you mm-hmm. Simbas out there. <laughs> right. Oh my God! This Beware is... the jackhammer. That's a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna do something with that. That's the title of something. Beware the jackhammer. <laughs> Send it to me. Send it to me. I will. I will. My oh man. <laughs> so, Josh Anderson. Yes. Um, how do we? How do we know each other? Why are we even? Why are we even talking today? What's this relationship? <sighs> this relationship. Well, the high level is. You're one of my very dearest friends. Um, how we know each other? We met in college. Mm-hmm. That's the short. That's the <clears throat> short version. Um, sure. I guess. Do you want me to go into a semi-long version? 
Hell yeah. I've got time. Okay. If you do. I got time. Absolutely. So, okay. So Hollis Wilhoy, you came onto my radar uh, about my junior year of high school, or I would say it was because, oh. yeah, um, because that was when I was starting to think about Drury and think that it was pretty likely that I might end up going to Drury and doing theater. Mm -hmm. So I started going to shows a little bit more regularly. Um, and so the, I think the first thing I would have seen you in, and I think you would have been a smaller part, but I think would have been She Loves Me. Smaller person, um, too. Sm a smaller person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Enormously, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. But, Thanks. Um, absolutely. Um, but that would have been the first time I think that I at least saw you and saw your work. And then I think when I really became aware of you was probably Richard the Third. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, and, you know, not trying to butter you up, but you were really fabulous in that. Thanks, and then, and at that point, absolutely. And at that point in time, I was really pretty sure that I was going to go to Drury. And so I was like, okay, so he might end up being a colleague slash um, a competitor, I don't know, for parts or something like that, but somebody that I'm going to like learn with and maybe work with and everything. And then I yeah. did make the connection looking at the program and everything, saw your last name, saw that it was also on the theater and oh, then Jesus. was like, huh, so who is this person? I don't actually know, you know, are the Will Hoyts like a, a family, like an entity, like at this institution. And so, you know, mine just sort of wanders with that. So I was like, I really have no idea what to expect from this person. But I didn't, yeah. you know, go around like digging it up and, you know, get out the white pages or whatever. But <laughs> I... <laughs> you um, should have. You would have found nothing. <laughs> yeah, because I would have <laughs> not been entertained. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but... And then when I came as a freshman, um, I think I had a hard time getting a read on you. I th you were always very friendly to me. You know, you made time to talk to me. We always had pleasant sort of brief interactions. And so I was like, okay, though so he seems genuine enough. He seems like a friendly guy and clearly hmm. very talented. And I, you know, was interested in getting to know you better. I would say that that took time because we were in several things together. We were in Drowsy Chaperone. We were in Midsummer right. together. Right. And yeah, we worked together quite a little bit. Um, and even still, it was just like these little bits. Um, and maybe that was just, I think we were maybe both people that it took a little while to warm up to new people. Yeah. Um, oh, most, most certainly. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. You know, some healthy walls, I guess, had been <laughs> erected at some point. And so it was it was a slower process. But I think that it was my sophomore year because um, of who I was dating at the time, who you were dating at the time. And so we had sort of sort of connections some sort of history um, with that group dynamic. And so we started spending more time together and I got to know you more and more and the more I got to know you, the more I was like, I'm, I really clicked with this guy. I like where his head's at. We share a lot of similar tastes, a lot of similarities, I think, just in our upbringing, the kind of households and, you Oh, know, for sure. For the sure. relationships, absolutely. And so just more and more connection. And then when it really, the tipping point for our friendship and when I had that moment of like, oh my God, this is, this is a friend for life. This is, uh, you know, another brother that I found was our trip to Estes Park. For sure, of course. That was course. that was the one. Um, all that time in the car, the soundtrack for it that will forever be "Random Access Memories" by Daft, Daft Punk. Daft Punk, yeah, absolutely. In, 
embedded in my memory and just all the time that we the four of us just spent together on the the hikes that we went on just exploring Estes Park by ourselves or just late nights you know enjoying some adult beverages and watching the shining and getting weird and having all kinds (laughs) of crazy talks and yeah that was really the tipping point where I was like okay I am in love with this man like I just absolutely love this person and think the world of him and it's been like that ever since then the whole following year we had almost I mean almost routinely it was like on weekends or every other you know very rarely less frequently than that we Uh were hanging out at your apartment off division (laughs) and sitting splitting a fifth of whatever it was we felt like drinking that night and that would have been southern comfort that would have been southern comfort which (laughs) now i get green just thinking about that but uh we we shared a a fifth of that recently uh elisa and i not in in a night because we're why now now we're in our late 20s but um it, it became very clear that uh my body while um appreciative of the first sip was not appreciative of the other half of any of the yeah. subsequent six. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. oh man. And yeah, the connections that we made, yeah, during that next year were what really did it in. And then I mean, God, then I could just go on. I could write a I could write a novel, you know, our trip to New York or into the the East Coast, Godot, and then the time when you were here in Kansas City and I was still in Springfield and me moving up here and then just the it's just continued to evolve and enrich in, in my eyes. And yeah. And that's where we are, man. Absolutely, man. <laughs> and we're up to the present. You know, it's so funny. I think the first time that I saw you um, in person, <clears throat> cause I had heard of your name, you know, um, you grew up in, in a Springfield high school theater. You kind of, you kind of, you hear names float around about, you know, who is like you when, whether or not you're in the same grade, it, it's kind of, a, it's not really essential knowledge, but it's right. It, you you kind of get clued into who's at the other schools, who are at the other schools rather, and if they fall into your type. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I remember being at Drury, I think my freshman year, whenever you were doing uh, 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was the first time I ever saw you. And of course, um, you were playing the Boy Scout. Is his name Chip? Is that correct? Chip. Chip Tolentino Chip. is the role. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea he was old, Italian, <laughs> but that makes sense. Capisce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I remember kind of being a little lukewarm on that musical. Um, tr- track to track, I either love it or I hate it. Pandemonium makes me want to die. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the "I Love You" song, uh, which Cecilia performed beautifully, and she's sti- still mm-hmm. the best olive that I think has ever existed. Perfect um, part for her, absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, I don't think she's she's played it for the last time. Um, but you know, I, I love Barfay's song, uh, and also I love my unfortunate erection. Mm-hmm. So I was <clears throat> both. Uh, unsurprised and disappointed that mm-hmm. you did not get to perform that song because of course i mean we're like smack dab in the middle of the bible belt and right that song will not be performed no However, and 
Right, go ahead. Uh, no, well, I just, I, I thought I was so, I was so damn impressed with you and so blown away. Oh. And, and as, you know, the play progressed and it was leading up to that part in the show, I thought, I know, I know they're not going to do this song. However, I can imagine in my mind exactly how this young man will play it. And it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have done it. And the funny thing about that, or not funny, I guess, uh, also disappointing in my eyes too, is that there is an alternative version, albeit uh -huh. much less entertaining than the the true version of it. Um, but also to the fact that I'm, I am still not, and especially then, a very strong singer. And so I think that coupled with the provocative nature of the song, even the alternative version to it. I uh -huh. just think that we just decided just to not go with it at all. I was disappointed. Like, I think, you know, I'm not a strong singer, but I could have pulled that off and I would have had so much fun with it. And so, yeah, that's definitely one of the, that, that was a bitter pill for sure. I would love so, to go back and get to do that, but. <laughs> so is, is the, the censored version, I mean, is, is that, is unfortunate erection replaced with something else or? My unfortunate distraction, I believe it is. And the distraction is your, is your erection. Your, it, it, it is your penis. <laughs> That's what the distraction is, Hollis. It's always the penis. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. ain't that the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quote me on that. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm writing a thesis. <laughs> That's perfect. Good. Well, uh, mm -hmm. you know, one of my, I, I, you know, I, I'm right in line with you about uh, how our relationship developed and especially those important landmarks like the trip to Estes Park. I mean, we were, we were with two really wonderful people at the time who have yes. gone on to live incredible lives. Absolutely. And still are. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the conversations between all four of us were amazing, but I mean, mm -hmm. you get, <laughs> you get to Estes Park. It's just such a, if anybody's not been to Estes Park, I highly recommend it once this whole thing is all over here now. A few years. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't think of a more beautiful place. <clears throat> right. But I, I remember you and I kind of probably waxing and, and getting a little hokey, probably um, a little, uh, not, not self-masturbatory necessarily, but mm -hmm. uh, really getting into our uh, artistic philosophizing in the hot tub. Oh. Oh God! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and if you're at that altitude in a hot tub, I'm telling mm -hmm. and and having a beer. God bless you if you are. I remember we got a hundred proof Southern Comfort on that trip. Oh um, God! I forgot they even make that. Jesus. <laughs> they do now. They call it uh, cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> Southern but, discomfort. Is that <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I remember being in that hot tub um, with the others and, and really, really just uh, falling in love with your brain, uh, which to this day remains so fascinating to me. And it's been so nice to kind of mainline um, some of the thoughts that come out of that brain in the last couple of weeks as we've been talking here and there since the quarantine started. And uh, it's reminding me and kind of, it's reminding me how much I need connection with you, like how much I just crave it. Absolutely. But not only that, how much is just essential, especially if we're in the same town, man. I, you know, I, I, uh, 
I can kind of get so wrapped up in my own head, like you were talking about earlier, and, and that can close myself, uh, that can cause me to close myself off from others. But, you know, my, sure. my, my best friend in the world is down the street. <laughs> and, right. now, and now I can't see him because of some, <laughs> something out of our control. And so, yeah, that's given me a lot of perspective. Absolutely, man. I think that that's, again, one of the valuable things that this whole thing has done for a lot of people, you know, is, you know, and I, I think we probably had exactly the same conversation, so we don't need to go too far down this or anything. But I do think that, uh, you know, I love seeing all the connection. It's been so vital. And I do, I do feel, you know, again, maybe a little bit hokey, but I, it's not just that we're a little bit deprived of not a little bit we're definitely deprived of social mm -hmm. interaction right now we all are yeah. but i also do think that there's an element of it just putting into perspective how important it is to connect and to nurture good relationships especially as an adult because they're so hard to to maintain you know it's, and so the ones that are valuable the ones that truly mean a lot to you you have to put in the effort and the time to maintain them, to nurture them. It's like a child or, a, or for, you know, those of us that maybe don't have kids or maybe those of us that don't plan to, I don't know, a pet, a plant, you, sure. you have to, you have to nurture it. And it's so valuable when you do. Cause yeah, I couldn't, couldn't live without the connection to many, many people and certainly not to you, my, you know, best friend yeah, in the world I, so mm -hmm. I, I i feel you i mean <clears throat> something that has surfaced in this kind of going along with what you said is you know as we grow older it it's harder to learn a new instrument say or a new skill um mm -hmm. but it's also hard to maintain constants things that have right. been constant for years so <laughs> yeah it's all Absolutely. getting harder and it's all it's so, it's just, it's so worth the effort. It is. You yeah. Know, can't let that muscle atrophy. It's, it's critical. Hell no. So today, and I know mm -hmm. today, at least the last 24 hours have been kind of um, specifically tough. Eh. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I can't, geez, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine going through that right now. It's um, okay. But <clears throat> how are you dealing with the quarantine today? and the pandemic, just the current state of affairs? I think, I think, okay. You know, I think that mm -hmm. today, you know, I guess what we've been, what we were getting at a little earlier with the sense of normalcy that has sort of come this week, excuse me. Um, and I think that that translates to today. I think that mm -hmm. the numbers have been getting, um, you know, not that they're not still, frightening and alarming and uh, you know um yeah, staggering yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah staggering <laughs> yeah. absolutely staggering um it's getting easier to digest and the more that i'm keeping myself informed and being selective about where i'm getting my information from make sure i'm getting good information and just getting the essential um yeah. you know i mean uh <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not listening to him anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to put myself through that. There's just no good that comes from it. But so there are other means to get uh, what you need. And the more and more that I'm yeah. seeing about it, I'm taking a weird sense of comfort in knowing that we are probably close to the peak, at least based on what we know now. And yeah. so while it's devastating what's currently going on, I'm just, you know, just trying to 
maintain, I don't know, just keep my strength about me physically, mentally, every, you know, what have you, and weather what is probably going to be the roughest period of this. And I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be downhill before too long. And that's not to say that we're out of it. Certainly not. We still would have a long not. way to go at that point. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm taking, I'm choosing to take a sense of comfort in the fact that we're probably, we're probably going to weather the worst of it soon. Of and course. then from then on, I think that it'll just get easier, you know? Uh, yeah. you know, it's like that, uh, <laughs> Bojack Horseman, God, what a wonderful show. My, my favorite line, I think in the entirety of the show is I think it's like the monkey. I think it's the end of one of the seasons, maybe I can't remember, maybe four. Um, the monkey who's like, you see him jogging throughout the course of mm-hmm. this, uh, of that season. And mm-hmm. at the end of the season, Bojack's, you know, taking, making one of his many efforts to turn his life around. And he goes out and tries to take a jog. And uh, it's very hard, obviously. And he, like, collapses at one point. He's just, like, laying on the sidewalk. And then that monkey stops and is standing over him and says, it gets easier but you have to do it every day, but it gets, but that's the hard part, but it gets easier. And that's sort of how I feel right now. And I take a lot of comfort in that sentiment that, yeah, this isn't great, but it, I can already feel it getting easier. And I suspect that for many of us, again, those of that were ultimately the lucky ones and all of this, um, you know, it, I think it will continue to. Of course, man. I mean, it, you know, it kind of, harkens back to the you know five stages of grief i think we're all at least if we're not there we're all at least approaching acceptance and realizing what we have to do in order to stay in that stage absolutely yeah i'm i'm to the point now where i'm you know i'm I'm trying to stretch every day i'm trying to kind of shake myself out of this petrified shell that i was in there for a little bit and yeah 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 and uh, today even as i'm sitting uh, in the bathroom um, <laughs> and talking to my good friend I'm kind of looking around and I'm noticing that colors are a bit more vibrant and you know uh, I, I've been so there have been so many veils that I've had to kind of push through day to day right right um, but little things like taking in this ridiculous pink of this papaya mango candle and and, and recognizing you know, it, it is lovely. Well, it looks lovely. It smells like shit. Uh, <laughs> Papaya is gross. Papaya, it's so good. But I mean, I, you know, I I am almost to that that sub phase of acceptance where I'm while I'm accepting the given circumstances, not to use acting terms, but um, I'm also able to take in the constants, just my surroundings, and. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this wonderful um, spoken word uh, songwriter mm-hmm. and um, it kind of gave me some clarity last night. Her name is Kate something. I'll, I'll remember it later. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but she's this wonderful, wonderful Cockney. Uh, she, she has this wonderful Cockney accent. She's an amazing poet, lyricist. Cool. And, and she talks about seeing the hope in people's faces. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, wow. even the most even the most miserable person, the fact <laughs> that this face 
is animated and alive and upright gives her so much hope and gives her some kind of forward tra trajectory. And I'm really, really trying to hang on to whatever that is. I'm right. really, really trying to keep leveling, keep leveling up. And I might level down next week, man. You know, I might get down and out again. Um, sure. But recognizing that I that it's possible to level up enough and that it's possible to grasp some kind of acceptance and some kind of hope and some kind of, uh, beauty, you know, it's, right. um, mm -hmm. it's important right now. No. And also give yourself the space and the liberty to know that it's okay for you to level up and level down. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. have to take all of this gracefully. Like, I think that that was, one thing, you know, um, this is a thought that I've had for a long time. I think I originally maybe had it when I was having some conversation with my mother. Bless her heart. I love God her dearly. Bless her. I know. She Tell is her just wonderful. I will. Absolutely. She loves you. Um, uh, it, it's that I don't, I think that we are, we as people, we are not responsible for our emotions. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is that something happens and you are going to have an emotional reaction to that. And that could be something ugly, you know, that could be anger and frustration or self pity or whatever that is. And that's okay that you're allowed to feel that way, you know, mm -hmm. and what it, what it is that you're responsible for is how you deal with it you know, what is your actual re response? What is your reaction in terms of the action that you take? And whether that is to do nothing or to, you know, just sit down, put your head in your hands and just call <laughs> and file the damn police report and, you know, <laughs> and, and do what you you're just, to You're just, you're pulling yeah. that out of your ass right now. That's yes. just a random example. <laughs> a random example. I have no emotional connection to that whatsoever. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to deal with it. You know, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, in my own life that in the past 24 hours, I gave myself I gave myself a license to let myself just be pissed off for a minute and, yeah. you know, damn it. Like, why, why, you know, why my fucking car, you know, like of all of them, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, but then you, you gotta, you know, find a way to level yourself back up. Right. And of course. get a healthy perspective, look at the things that are, you know, worthy of your, your gratitude you reach out to your friend, you know, your friends, your, my loving partner who's in the other room putting together a tower. Oh, I got to tell you a story here in a second, but okay. uh, we, we got a new tower fan because I broke the other one the other night. Uh, in, in anger and it was just a fit yeah. of rage. <laughs> it was actually, what, <laughs> so, so what happened? This is a truly spontaneous moment. I was, I was sitting and I was reading for a while and then I decided I was ready for bed. So I was going into the other room to uh go into the bathroom to brush my teeth and um i'd just been seeing a lot of videos about like yoga so there's been a lot of videos about people doing yoga and things and i'd seen one earlier in the day someone doing a handstand and so as i was about to start brushing my teeth i was like i wonder if i can do a handstand so i go into the bedroom oh, no we have a little bit of space to try to do a handstand <laughs> and i had it for like a couple seconds but then i started to lose the balance so i tucked mm -hmm. To like roll out of it but i knocked over our tower fan and it totally shattered the base of it so oh buddy i'm so sorry it useless so 
it was very very funny um so oh, laura it. was sweet and ran and got a new tower fan today because she's an angel <laughs> <laughs> is she there right now she is in the other room yeah can you just yell hello laura laura hollis says hello that's all i, I need she might, she might be jamming she loves you <laughs> no, I, I love her too i've been um i've been kind of following her lead and playing Animal Crossing, we got a Switch. I think I told you that the other night. Cool. How's your island? Oh, my island's full of people that I've accidentally uh, invited to live there. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I don't understand video games, man. It's, it's not really my jam. But, you know, it's, it's busy work when I'm not uh, journaling once uh, Elisa goes to bed or when I'm not yeah. doing this. You know, it's a, yeah. it is a it's nice kind of, yeah. Definitely. It's got some, you know, it's a little rewarding right sure you can sure have like little milestones and little victories so i think it's good you know if it's keeping people occupied i think it's awesome i'm the yeah. same way i'm not not too too big on video games i never really have been but you know there's there's plenty of other things people could be doing so i think it's yeah. great that that's you know that makes you happy and th this isn't like a um like a holier than thou type uh observation necessarily Sure. But I, I, I really am grateful that when people were really, really invested in video games, which is great, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if, if you can find something you're good at, just do it, do it fully. Sure, absolutely. But, you know, in college anyway, I wow. was hanging out with Brooks Johnson, our, our wonderful gardener, you know, a jury, uh -huh. not gardener, he's a, you know, pretty much just a groundskeeper. Right. And he was introducing me to things like Stop Making Sense, which you and I have you know, watched a million times yes. over and over again. And, and, and I was nerding out on just different things other than, I don't know, whatever was popular at the time, video game lines, like uh, and Crash Bandicoot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that but, was dope. I don't know. I never played it. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. But I mean, you know, I, I, I was I was getting equally distracted and equally sucked into a screen. I was just, you know, taking in different kind of uh, different content. Oh, Usually yeah, with absolutely. you. <laughs> absolutely. No, for sure. We all have our, you know, it's just what's your particular brand of poison, you know. Uh, but at the same time. Heroin you know, for me. Yeah, heroin. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Let me tell you, boy. I can tell you some story. But um, it, uh. You know, but I maybe, you know, poison is maybe not the right word for it because you get something out of it, right? You know, I mean, there are a lot sure. of people, yeah. you know, video games are social and, you know, it, it's a way to occupy time. It does. It gives you, you know, validation and like little like goals and things like that. I think all oh, that's great. I'm sure that there's a lot of things people get out of it that I don't, that I'm not even aware of because I'm not a gamer. And for you and me, it was, yeah, stop making sense and all the music and books and everything so we could sit and you know, some people would look at that and be like, God, these guys are insufferably pretentious or, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, well, in college, we might have been, to be honest. We might have been. Like, that yeah, might have been totally sure. justified. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, you know, we had real value. We got connection out of it. It spawned other ideas in us uh -huh. and was something that we could just connect over, you know, ultimately. Like, I recently watched uh, a documentary about flat earthers called Beyond the Curve, I think. Pretty and good. It actually, have you seen it? Yeah, I have on Hulu. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty good. You know, I um, I thought it was fascinating in a lot of ways. But ultimately, like my takeaway from it was just that ultimately all these people are looking for is something to connect over. 
you know, they're just looking for common ground. You know, a lot of the people that they chose, you know, selectively, I'm sure, to put and feature in that documentary, you know, were people that were in their own ways. Um, and I'm not trying to generalize about people or anything, but like they're people that were probably felt socially outcasted in some way. Of course, and of this was something that they could connect over and something that they could belong to. And I get that because we all need that. That's like all we, you know, I think that's the reason we probably do <laughs> most things is because it, you know, gives us something that we can belong to. That's one thing I like about sports is the yeah. instant camaraderie and a sense of belonging. Um, you know, I mean, the guy well, that cheap's parade, everyone was your best friend. Didn't matter who oh, you buddy, were. <laughs> I, I watched that from the top of the living room, from the roof of the living room theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was insane, you know, watching <laughs> Mahomes make passes to strangers. It was so great, wasn't it? We loved it. We had the best were, day that day. Were you there? We were. We, um, so we, we live downtown. Um, uh -huh. and What's your address? <laughs> What's your address? Let's, <laughs> let's get that for sure. Let me get a list of your fears and your daily schedule. But <laughs> um, we... <laughs> When's the best time to steal your car? <laughs> hey, someone beat you to it there, pal. Uh, Shit, go ahead. <laughs> so Laura, um, Laura had to work in the morning. I took the day off. Laura had to work in the morning, like until 11, I think. I think she worked from home. <clears throat> and then we went, we walked over to 6th and Grand, which is where um, the parade started. Mm -hmm. So we were there for like the very beginning of... Uh, the parade got to watch the whole thing start off it was really fun patrick mahomes's girlfriend sprayed him with a bottle of champagne that was pretty that was pretty cool it was funny to see you know Good. entertaining Deserved. Just, yes absolutely well earned you know um if ever, anyone ever deserved to be covered in champagne it was him that day but uh but we <laughs> we so as soon as though the the buses and everything passed us we booked it went and got something to eat real quick had a had a had like a pitcher of beer and then we walked down to union station but basically it really couldn't have worked out any better because we essentially just sauntered like right on up like right on um i think it's pershing is the road uh like if you were going to be driving like down to the union station area that's the road you would take yeah um like yes, just sir. past like the bridge over the railroad tracks mm -hmm. yeah. and then we we yeah we sauntered right up and could see great we got like an awesome like all these poor people had been there for like hours and hours and we just stroll right on up like buzz from our pitcher of beer that we downed and uh got a great spot <laughs> so we watched that and then enjoyed the walk back up we stopped at uh grad school on the way up on broadway um which was amazing and yeah just made the rest of the day we just spent the whole day celebrating so it was a lot of fun oh man i love that i just love yeah. it I, it's it's been so cool to to have moved you know i moved to this area about five years ago whenever the royals had their first surge of comebackery right and uh yeah it's it's been so cool to to be a part of a community that is so uh team spirit centric and uh, and and also to be here <laughs> to see them vindicated <laughs> yes 100 yeah. percent. it's it's good i like being in a sports town you know um I know, especially coming from, you know, an arts background, 
theater and whatnot, you know, it's not mm-hmm. uncommon for people to have, uh, I don't know, a certain animosity maybe toward just, or just hard feelings towards sports in general. Um, oh, that's, and sports that's people fine. and everything. Yeah. I think that's sure. fair, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, but I, I've never shared that. I love sports. I grew up with them. My dad's an athlete. I grew up playing sports. My brother did all of that, you know. And so, yeah, I just love it. You know, I understand the criticisms, but I just think it's, I just think it's great. Of course. I mean, there's a lot of he-man, uh, maybe kind of toxic masculinity within uh, some of this fandom. But uh, especially growing up in Springfield, which is a huge Cardinals town. Yes, um, it is. I, I was, you know, seven or eight whenever the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run race was right. happening. And Absolutely. nothing, nothing like that has happened since. So being at that formidable age oh, and yeah. having a dad that was just, you know, he, I mean, he watched, he watched a lot of baseball games, but we mostly had it on the radio. Uh-huh. Uh, like Mike Shannon announcing the games, who's still a wonderful uh, Cardinals personality. I mean, it, it was part of our blood. Uh, I Absolutely. never really, I never really played sport. Well, that's a lie. I played soccer for several years by semi-force and hated every bit of it. But um, all right. But I always liked the ensemble mentality, right? And I mean, I feel like if people that if people that hate sports really thought about it, you know, especially people in theater, they'd yes. realize that we're really not doing anything that's too different from sports no not at all sports are a magnificent yeah. theater you yeah. know there's there's conflict innately uh there's yeah. costumes there's a stage you know it there's stakes and you know uh an element of like spontaneity and yeah that sense of ensemble and similarly to like from an actor's perspective you know you do the best work whenever you're focusing your energy on your partners and trying to bring up the ensemble that's you know almost counterintuitively counterintuitively excuse me when you end up doing your best work and I think that's exactly the same that that principle is also true in sports and so yeah I see a lot I see a lot of overlap I see a lot of similarities and I think one of the reasons that I like both (laughs) no exactly and I mean and you know at its at its kind of base level there's also this maybe uh, ill-advised concept of winning and losing you can win a show you can lose a show you can win your audience you can lose your audience mm-hmm. um, there is there is something to be said there not not that you should ever be playing against the audience the audience isn't the opposing team but there is an element of right. of complete defeat whenever you feel that the ensemble fell apart or that the show's thread fell apart We've I, I mean it's those shows absolutely oh buddy I remember um you know, one of the one of the best shows that you and I, I think, were ever involved in, and I think one of the best shows Jury ever did was uh, their production of The Crucible. Oh God! Yes. And you were such a wonderful Cheever. Okay, and for people who do do not know, Cheever's the one that finds the needle in the doll or in the poppet. <laughs> uh huh. That's right. Okay. So, what a. I mean, if you're, I don't know, if you're looking at it in kind of a. Uh, a base way Cheever's maybe a thankless role right but there are no small roles there are only small actors it's not an original thought I think somebody said that once I'm quite Um, certain someone wrote that no (laughs) I no you know what I I think it happened here (laughs) (laughs) but I mean you just took that role and nailed it however okay my point is uh we won every performance except one and I remember it was our closing performance 
it's this matinee performance and maybe you remember this maybe you don't mm -hmm. um but it was full it was full of a lot of a lot of grandparents i'm sure you know a lot of donors um right. who were on their their last legs and that's fine i'm so i'm still so glad they were there of course um, and it's it's also not their fault but you know we as young performers get nervous in situations like that yes and we let that nervousness kind of take control and the whole thing fell apart. Um, true. People true. were forgetting their lines in places they never forgot their lines. And it, it was like a lost game. It was like our, <laughs> we lost oh, the series. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. It's like in, you know, in baseball, you know, when a team gets hot and then when they get in a rut, you know, in red and that show, we were in a rut and we, and we, and we could not get it back. Like once the, once, once you lose the mentality, it's amazing how, that's a shared living and breathing thing. You know, it's like beyond just like an experience. Like that is a, that is an entity during a yep. show. And when, when it's off, when the equilibrium is thrown off, like you, it's so devastatingly hard to get that back. And right. yeah, that was when we, we, yeah, we lost it, man. And it was everyone. It was, there was no one who was immune to it. <laughs> of course. Well, especially if you're, kind of in the throes of a huge concept right like the way the set was constructed and the way you right. know we had the we had all of the girls dancing in the beginning to give that kind of prologue i mean it it, it was off from then and again it was nobody's fault it was just something no. in the air we kind of just got caught up in our own uh we kind of mythologized the show a little too early right yes you, you don't mythologize the show until it's done and until it is a finished thing and uh yeah we maybe did it little bit too soon interesting a yep, little, little prematurely and so yeah, yeah a little bit of a disappointing one to go out on but so but we're again, just like know. the royals is what i mean <laughs> <laughs> exactly <man. laughs> if we could only come back next season you know we don't have that luxury with a show but like <laughs> oh buddy um okay so i got one more question for you if that's okay yeah absolutely um and we've talked about it a little bit but what is something you've learned about yourself um, or learned about your relationship with Laura okay. or the relationships with people you haven't really been able to see since this whole thing started? What's something you've learned that, uh, that can help you that you can use once it's all over? Hmm. I think similar to, I think that the, I think that I got a lot of valid in a sense in my own personal ability to adapt mm -hmm. and to take things as they come um and that's similar to what we talked about earlier you know about just being we're, we're flexible creatures as people and you know we can all we can get used to almost anything i would say that that's something that prior to this whole experience i would say is something that i've generally been good at as a person for a, a long time i think that i'm pretty good at adapting to circumstances and to rising to an occasion and even if i stumble even if i am met with you know um you know run into some sort of a roadblock or struggle i think that i can normally bunker down and and i can overcome those things and I think that this has been an example of that where I was shaken by this whole thing just as everybody else was. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, and some of this I think is too because of how, you know, 
the my relationship with Laura and that we live together now and we've been together for a long time and are moving toward a, you know we've already built a life together and we're moving toward just you know moving just moving forward with that we're probably going to get married soon and children eventually and all those things and so i think that i see my responsibility to her and my role in our relationship in a very different way than i would have sure. even a few years ago and so i know that it's not just me and that you know she is a strong and independent person she can take care of herself and i need her just as much as she need you know i need her very very much as well but she also needs me and one thing that she relies on me for is to talk her off of a ledge every once in a while and sure. because she can she can very easily i think get into a mental space where she's starting to you know go down like a path of panic or of fear and of worry and she needs me to be there to help talk her down and mm -hmm. she needs me to be a person that can be a voice of reason and a, a safe space and a, a voice that just is there to say it's going to be okay we're going to figure this out we're going to be able to find the toilet paper or we can still you know find ways to enjoy the time that we do have you know you know the we might not be able to go out and do the things that we really would like to be doing right now. We can't go to a Royals game, but we can enjoy some beers together and get some takeout that we like. And we can watch a movie that makes us feel good and just kind of pretend everything's okay for a minute. And sure. so I think that that's validating in a sense. You know, I think I'm looking back at myself. I think that I'm a person who, you know, I, I've definitely been afraid of, commitments and afraid of being feeling stable in a in myself and in a relationship in the past and so i think that this is really evidence of evidence for me and validation of how much i really have grown and that this whole thing isn't making me want to tear my hair out and get out of this apartment and you know and rethink like these future plans and everything if anything it just makes it stronger and it makes it it makes me know that I've chosen the right person and that I am now the person that I need to be to, mm -hmm. to, I don't know, be, be worthy of her and the life that we're trying to, you know, to create together. Um, God, that was a, that was a rant. Uh, <laughs> I no, I, I love, I love it, man. I'm, I'm following completely. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's really yeah. beautiful. And, um, yeah. And I, I, you know, <laughs> I know she's doing the same for you because yeah. as strong as you are, um, you know, you and I have spiraled together yes, uh, have. and I, and you've brought me out and I've brought you out. Uh, and I know that, <laughs> I know that Laura is the queen, the queen of um, leveling someone just by being there, man, yes, just by being is. there. She, you know, you ask anybody who's ever met that person. Uh, who's ever had a bad day in class where they're trying to just hide their absolute <laughs> existential crisis. <laughs> All you've got to do is look at Laura Sorensen and she's going to be like, it's okay. It's Everything's okay. okay. Yeah. It's all really okay. You know, there's yeah, people like yeah. her out there, you know? Yeah, I, uh, of course. One of the first, yeah. Uh, man, yeah, just a minute to brag on her. I uh, not, so like right when this whole thing had started, 
Um, so part of my job, I, uh, I have a few calls that I have um, on a weekly basis with some of my colleagues um, and one particular colleague on this call that I have Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. <laughs> um, we, we've just, there's, we've had some difficulty understanding each other in the past. She's good at her job and everything. It's not her as a person. We just, we've had some uh, difficulty working together professionally. And uh, I've, I've just talked with Laura about this, the way that you vent about frustrations or what have you to your partner. And, uh, I had mentioned though, because it is cute because she normally takes the call from home and she's normally feeding her son when this happens. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd mentioned that at one point just because like something funny had happened on a call at one point. And Laura, so this must have been early on because Laura was about to go into the office. So this is before she had gone to working from home as well. Um, and I was just talking about the calls, like, yeah, I had the 8 a.m. call and all that, like clearly just a little bit like, ugh, you know, this is something I have to do. And she stopped for a second and she looked at me and she said, uh, she has a son, right? And I said, yes. And she said, check in with her. She's probably terrified right now. Oh my God. And, oh yeah. Mm. I'm a yeah. bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that was one of the, yeah. Did you? That was, yeah, yes, I did. And ever since then, our relationship, the whole dynamic of it is totally changed. Um, you know, we check in with each other where we spend the first 10 minutes of that call just talking about things and making sure we're respectively okay. Uh, yeah. And so I guess in a moment of crisis, people be like, be like Laura, what would she do? Yeah, man. But I mean, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, she's responsible for some of that change. Laura is, but you're mm -hmm. responsible for listening to her. So that's right. a, that's a good fucking partnership, man. Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> My man, I love you so much. I love you too, buddy. Mm, so, this so much. Great. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for this. Uh, this is really, this is really what I needed right now. Good, good. <sighs> well, um, maybe, uh, maybe share a beer later this evening or, or tomorrow evening. Absolutely. You hit me up. <clears throat> That'd be perfect. Yeah. You give Laura uh, a huge, huge squeeze and uh, uh, from me and, and Elisa and the dog and the cat. And after you're done, give yourself one too, please. Absolutely. You do the same. Give Elisa my love. Give the, give the doge and the kitty cat my love too. So. Always. <laughs> All, right. All right. I love you, buddy. I love you too, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That's it for me today. Uh, I want to thank Josh for talking to me for so long, and I wish him all the luck with his <laughs> current problem within a problem. I feel like we're all kind of leveling up in a weird way dur during this quarantine. We're all suffering this worldwide terror, uh, whether you know we're sick, someone we know is sick, family member, or whatever. That's all going on, definitely, and we're all struggling in the same way. But I feel like, just based on social media posts and conversations that I've been having for this project, uh, it feels like now we've all got one other subplot that's driving us crazy and something that we don't want to talk about because we feel too guilty for having something other than this pandemic going on in our lives. 
uh, which I completely understand. I've had a couple of those myself. So thinking about you guys and uh, hope to talk to you soon.